wonderful His love Today's message is entitled Because the Lord Loves You. Because the Lord Loves You. Because the Lord Loves You. Loves you. So we're going to talk about love. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> But how we love one another reflects on how we love God. And that's just an awesome statement. How we love God, how we love one another reflects on how we love God. Often I hear comments in the lives of saints that sound like they feel unloved. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm sure this comes up in the counseling chamber a lot because sometimes we blame our difficulties and our problems on other people and sometimes it's because we don't feel loved. Perhaps we don't admit this to ourselves, you know, but somewhere deep in the recesses of our heart when things are not going right, there's a feeling of being unloved. In the rush of our life, our, our, our children often have that feeling. Well, we're the children of the Lord. And we just might as well admit that we have that thought on occasion. And that's what the message is about today, because the Lord loves you. Because the Lord loves you. Now, when you, if you have that feeling, that's a feeling, not a fact. You know the difference between a feeling and a fact? That's just a feeling, it's not a fact. For we have astounding evidence in the Word of God that we are greatly loved. And when we come to Christ and we're born again and we receive Him into our heart and we repent of our sins... We are accepted in the Beloved here, heirs of Abraham and joint heirs with Christ. Sometimes I think Christianity needs to be reminded of all that was paid for their salvation. I listen to Christian television a lot and I get discouraged a lot because there's all manner of teachings except about Jesus. And all manner of teachings except about sin and salvation. I want you to look at Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, and we'll be talking about that for a few minutes today. I want the church to know that we are partakers of Israel, and everything that God promised to Abraham is ours. And so I go over here to Deuteronomy to see what God said to Israel so that we can participate and understand that he says it to us too. In verse 7, it says, The Lord did not set his love upon you or choose you because we were more in number than any people. This is how the Lord spoke to me this week when I said, Lord, I wish the house would be full. The church. And look, it's almost full. Sometimes we got to talk to the Lord. Sometimes we got to tell Him what it is that we desire. And sometimes we have to ask His will in all of that. 
And my Bible fell open and the Lord said, I didn't love you because you have a huge church. I love you because I love you. And sometimes church, you look around, you see the evangelist, the teacher, the musicians, the preachers, and all those people that are up front. And sometimes there's a feeling that maybe they're more loved, maybe they're more special. We are all one in Christ. And how do I know that? Because Jesus prayed that. Jesus said to his Father, I want us to all be one. I want those saints to be one in me, I'm Christ, and one in God, the Father, so that we can all be one. Jesus said we're all one together. There's no grace. There's no ungrace. We're all one in Christ. Why? Because he loves us. And when we look at this passage of scripture, it says, For we were the fewest of all people, and probably we're not the fewest in this house, but we're pretty few compared to the megas. Verse 8 says, But because the Lord loved you, that's why he saved us. Not because of anything special that we are, not because of our color, not because of our race, not because of our finances, just because he loved us. Unconditionally, he loved us. And it says, he said he would keep the oath which he has sworn to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, our fathers in the scripture, and he brought them out with a mighty hand and he redeemed them out of the house of the bondmen. So we're partakers with Abraham and now we are redeemed through the blood of Jesus. The Old Testament didn't have the blood of Jesus. They had the blood of animals. But the New Testament, this day, because he loves us, we have the blood of Jesus. We don't have to go and offer an animal for our salvation. We don't have to go through all that ritual of dividing it and doing all the things that the Old Testament taught that they had to do. But all we have to do is do as any saying, come before him, make an altar unto God, ask him to forgive us of our sins, and Jesus' blood washes over us. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. Now verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant. He keeps his word. And he mercies us. How many know we need his mercy? Why does he give us mercy? Because he loves us. And he says he will love us if we will keep his commandments. And he loves us to thousands of generations. I think that takes us in. I mean, we're a few hundred years from Abraham. But he still loves us with an everlasting love. God chose the Israelites because he loved them. He sent Jesus because he loves us. And in both cases, redemption was on the heart of God. Reconciliation was on the heart of God. Communion was on the heart of God. He, he desired to have relationship with his creation. And whether we know it or not, we are all created by God. We are his creation. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't like his creation. But we're made in his image. And he loves us. 
I want to talk about the love of God and I want to talk about the love of Christ. I want to talk about the love of the Godhead. I want to tell you that we are a chosen people. Not because we're anything special, but because He loves us. God understands how it feels to long for love. I mean, you know, we don't think about God in a personal way like we think about our own life. But this is why God sent His Son. This is why He sacrificed His Son for us because He's just like us. He's divine, but He still is like us. And He longs for relationship. And He longs for love. And He longs for communion. Do you know that that communication is lack in our society today. And the more technology we get, the less communication with one another. We communicate all over the world with our communication tablets. But there's becoming a lack of communication in the body. And not only with one another, but with Christ. And with Father God, lack of communication. Now, I want to say this to you today, that we understand personal feelings, don't we? God has personal feelings. Sometimes we think, well, God is way up there, and He's out of sight, and if we don't do good, He'll slap us. He's a God of wrath. He's a God of judgment. We don't think that too much anymore because there's no preaching on that. But he is a God of judgment, and he is a God of wrath, and he is a God of love. And he is a God that wants to feel the feelings of his people, and he wants to be loved. Well, how can we love him? Well, we can love him by taking in his word. We can love him by obeying him. We can love him by coming to his house. We can love him by tithing. The greatest way we can love him is by loving one another by loving one another. God chose us because he loved us. Did I have to do anything special to be loved? No. He loved me in that while I was a sinner, he loved me. And he died for them even while they walked at the foot of the cross, spit upon him, and said all manner of evil against him. And he looked at the Father and he said, Father, forgive them. I mean, we're talking about the love of God, church. And we're talking about the fact that God requires that love in us toward one another. When is the last time that you thought about God having a need for you? I may know we walk and go downtown and we look in the store window and we see something we like anybody do that? <laughs> Go to the technology store and see all those great things. And then we think, oh, I wish I had the money for that. You know, and then we walk away and we think, well, maybe I can save. You know, we long for things. How many know what I'm talking about? When is the last time that it passed your mind that God longs for you? He longs for you in the quiet of the day. 
He wanted to come to Adam and Eve when they were done with taking care of the animals and they were done in the orchard and they were done with their little things that he gave them to do. And he wanted to walk with them and talk with them and he wanted their attention. Now, church, sometimes our relationship with God is on the way to work. Oh, Jesus, how's that car not hit me? You know what I'm saying? You know, or God, I sure hope I don't have trouble with, you know, whoever today. Our prayer life needs some adjustment. Because God is longing for his people to have a relationship with him. God is longing for his people to love him as unconditionally as he loves us. You say, well, we have to love God unconditionally? Yes, because he doesn't always give us what we want, church. He always meets our needs, but in his timing and in his way. Does church hear me? Yes. Now, all that we have in creation, some of us been traveling, and we saw the beauty of creation, saw the mountains, saw the valleys, saw the hills, the rivers, the ocean. We saw these things. And those are gifts from God which we don't even notice because we're in a hurry. And God has created some beautiful things for us. And he has created redemption for us. I mean, church, think about where you would be if he didn't forgive you. Think about what would transpire in your life if he didn't pay attention to you. I may know that he watches you over you on the way to work. He protects you. I mean, there can be many testimonies here of near accidents, and then you just go away, and you wipe the sweat from your brow, and you say, God must have helped me. You want to live your life without God's attention. Now, God is looking for attention from his people. There's a harsh reality in our society today, church. Love is lost. Love is lost. Love is looked for in the wrong places. People have sought love in wrong things. How do I know this? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. And it says, here's what love is. Here's what God is. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love is not selfish. Love does not behave itself unseemingly. Now here's an ouch. Love is not easily provoked. How many know you can just be having a good day and you walk in the house and somebody says something wrong to you and what? Or provoked. Be honest. Yeah. How many are just a little selfish? <coughs> we prefer our own way. I have struggles all the time. I go, I told them to do it this way. And they did it that way. And I'm just all, you know, head up. Not moving in love. We have to we have to perfect our love <coughs> to one another. And especially to our mates and to our children. 
the two, those that we are in relationship with. The harsh reality is that the world is looking for love. And God is standing with his arms outstretched. So in these few phrases of 1 Corinthians 13, we probably could feel a little failure. You know, have we suffered long in our trials? Do we suffer in praise like Silas and Paul this morning? When we had to go through a disappointment or a heartache or a trial or a tribulation or a lack, how did we handle that? Did, did we suffer with praise? Were we kind when someone was unkind? When we went through Walmart and the waitress, the, wait, the lady that rang up the cash register was rude, did we rude back? Or was we kind? You know that rudeness is easily adapted more than kindness. We're talking to the church today. You know why God forgives us? Because He loves us. He said to Abraham, He said, I didn't choose you because you were anything special. I just chose you because I love you. And we come to salvation. And we're nothing special until we come to Jesus. And then there were the righteousness of God in Christ. And anything that's special about us is because God lives in us. God is speaking to the body of Christ today about love. He chose Israel because he loved Israel. He chose us because he loves us. Verse 7 says, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were anything special. because he loved you. And when something goes very good for you, you know, your thought process should be, well, why did that happen? It must have happened because God loved me. You know, he protected you. He took care of you. He met your need because he loved you. How do we feel toward him? What is our love for him? How often do we think about our love for him? How much time do we give him in a day to show and perfect our love for him? In this passage of scripture, it's a, God is speaking to Abraham. But in Acts 3.25, it says, We are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers when he said to Abraham, In thy seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed. Here's how we fit into God's love. Verse 26. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquity. Here's the love of God, church. God loves us even in our frailty. How much do we love God? How much time do we give in our daily devotion to show our love and gratitude toward God? I'm amazed as I watch Christian television of how little there is about 
our love for God and God's love for us. It's about building edifices. It's about being wealthy. It's about being prosperous. It's about being healed. All those things are all part of the kingdom of God, but it only happens when we move God's heart by our love and by our devotion and by our worship. Across the world today, people are suffering without the freedom to worship God. When we come into his house, we need to lay aside all those things that so easily beset us and raise our hands in worship and and an attitude of mightiness. He said he brought us out with a mighty hand. God wants to see his people mightily worship and mightily trust and mightily honor. And he wants to see some unction of the Holy Ghost pouring forth from his people. It is not just Sunday, church. It is not just the Sabbath. It is not just the tithe that you bring into the house. But David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. David had been captured, captivated, and he had been, the devil had sought for his life. Church, do you not know that the devil is seeking your life? The Bible says he is out to rob and to kill and to steal from you. He doesn't audibly come and kill you, but he kills your joy. He kills the spirit of God within you. He kills your anointing. He robs from you the glorious things that God has for you. Because saints go around with less than the joy of the Lord. When God said, Jesus said, let my joy be in them. What was Jesus' joy? To go to the cross? That was Jesus' joy. Church, it wasn't because everybody (laughs) greeted him and praised him and, and, and lorded over him. It was not for that purpose. Bible says, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured. Now, church, I'm preaching this to you because there's heartache coming down the tube. And God is going to judge the corruption in our society. And God is going to come with the wrath that he says he will bring in the last day upon the sins and the corruption of our world. And if we're walking around with our head down and no joy, we cannot be the light that is set up on a hill to bring forth salvation to those that are lost and dying. Now, He loves us. Out there, they don't know He loves them. And if they don't see that joy in us, if they don't see that countenance of Christ in us, There'll be no light in the darkness of the world. And one thing that Jesus came for was to bring light. He came to dispel the darkness. He came to bring forth his presence to his people because he loves us. You know, when everything goes wrong, the bills come, people hurt you, you don't get the advancement at work. All these things go wrong instead of sitting down and saying, I just don't understand this. We need to say, I understand this. This is the enemy 
robbing and stealing and messing with me. But I'm the righteousness of God in Christ and He loves me. And His love is overpowering the forces of darkness. Church, we will never win the world if they don't see Jesus in us. If our conversation is ugly, they're not going to see Jesus in us. If our attitude is nasty, they're not going to see Jesus in us. I want us to think about this church. God is dealing with me. And if he doesn't can't deal with me and help me, I can't preach to you and let him deal with you. God is looking for the whole body of Christ to come into the power of his word. We are the children of the prophets, church. We are the children of Abraham. And God offered a blessing to his children. Psalm 106 says, 7th and 8th verse, says, Our fathers understood not God's wonders in Egypt. Here they were, bound in Egypt, slaves, the children of Israel. And God worked wonders in them. He delivered them. He redeemed them. He brought them out with a mighty hand. And not only did he just bring them out in poverty, but he brought them out with riches. And they got out there in the wilderness a few days, and what did they do? They started longing to go back for the leaves and the gardens because there seemed to be a refuge back there. Church, when you feel there's no refuge, you've got to feel happily, like Paul said, after God. Because he's your refuge. He's your high tower. He's everything that you have need of in this day. Why? Because he loves you. And just because you go through heartache and trial and temptation does not mean he does not love you. He loved his son. And his son suffered and died and shed his blood on the cross for you and I. Did he promise us roses all along the way? He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lilies of the valley. He is the flower that is in the garden of God. He is it. And he lives in us. Church, we must get a hold of this. The church of Jesus Christ is in Glendry. There's lack of inspiration. There's lack of of, a, of of anointing. They came. Jesus came forth from his testing in the wilderness. The Bible says, full of the power of God. When we go through these trials and temptations and sickness and evil reports, we got to come forth. Praising God and magnifying God and knowing that He will perform His will for us and His will is eternal life. In Christ, we know the love of God. He fulfills all those things if we will call upon Him and if we will walk with Him. I want to challenge the church this morning to set aside a time when you're going to shut out everything and you're going to walk 
with the Lord for a few minutes. And you're going to talk with him. But instead of saying, now God, I need this, and God, I need that, and I wish you would do this, and you would do that, but just walk with him and say, I love you. I worship you, God. I magnify you, God. I thank you, God, for your presence. I thank you for meeting my bills this month. I thank you for bringing me through that sickness, God. I thank you for walking with me when I felt like nobody was walking with me. I thank you that I'm never alone because you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. I thank you, God, that you meet my needs because you own a cattle on a thousand hills. I thank you, Lord, that you heal me because by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, God, that when I go to the house of God, I can give my tithes because you give me a job and you give me money. And I thank you, God. It ain't what I want, but I thank you anyhow. I, would, I want to challenge you to give one hour in your day to thanking God and not asking for nothing. Amen. Just thank Him. Come before His presence and thank Him. And you can even have a quiet minute because He might want to speak back to you. Because it says He wanted to walk in the cool of the evening and communicate with Adam and Eve. You might be shocked to hear His voice to you. If we could just like Brother said this morning we must shut down the noise that's all <coughs> Why are we here today? Because the Lord loves us. Because the Lord loves us. Do you know what broke communion with Adam and Eve and God? Lust. Lust. Now, you know, we always think sexually when we hear the word lust. But we can lust after other things. We can lust after our neighbor's house. We can lust after our family's cars. We can lust after a lot of things. And it was the lust of an apple that brought down Adam and Eve. Just think of that. Just think of that. It was just an appetite. Just a lust or a piece of fruit because God said you don't have that. And because God, how many know our children are like that? Don't do that, Johnny. And what does he do? He does it. You know that rebellion is born in the heart of a child? And you know that all our life we have to combat it? Lust and sin destroy the communion with God. So, saints, what is it that keeps our attention away from worshiping God? Well, it could be a telephone. It could be our electronics today. It could be our friends. It can be party time instead of worship time. Does the church hear me? If we gave as much time to God as some give to Facebook, if we gave as much time to God as we do to the other things of this world church, we're just asking for an hour. Can you give an hour to God to worship Him with with a, with an unction? Now I'm not talking about okay, God, Pastor, I can do this. I I love you, God. I, I worship you. 
Yes, God, you're wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, there's fire. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you know, and we do it in the spirit of duty instead of a spirit of redemption. I don't ever want to remember yesterday. I want to be whole. Yeah, I want to be in righteousness. And I want to be blessed with God. And I don't want to be in sin. So, God, I'm going to talk to you about that. And I'm going to thank you in this hour for every sin I committed that you forgave me. Think about that, church. Somebody said, don't ever look back. If you don't look back, you're not going to appreciate what he did. Amen. And sometimes we need to look back and say, God, if you didn't touch me there, if you didn't minister to me there, where would I be today? Talking to the church today. Talking to the choir. Talking to the preacher. God is the longing in his heart. Church, you long for something? Has there been a time in your life when you just desired something with all of your heart? You want your kids to prosper? You just pray and pray and pray. God, take care of my kids, help my kids. You have a longing in your heart to see them prosperous, to see them successful. You have a longing in your heart for things like that. God has a longing in his heart to see you and me, his children, prosperous, successful, but not in the things of this world, but in the things of God. Loving God. It's a 24-7 obligation. And I feel that Christianity at large is falling short of walking in the cool of the evening with God and thanking Him for Jesus and thanking Him for the Holy Ghost and thanking Him that we have the freedom to worship Him and thanking Him for the beauty that surrounds us, the beautiful voice of the what are those Katie did or something? God created them. Beautiful sound of the birds in the morning that wake you up and you have to cover your ears because you don't want to hear and wake it up. You know what? We have become so polluted to the things of this world that we can't hear the things of God. And I... I I, I want so much to say to you that we need a set time every day that we communicate and we don't ask for anything. We just thank Him. And we love Him. And we tell Him how much we love Him. So it is today that God continues to love His children so much so that He sacrificed His Son for us. Jesus came because God loves us, church. Now, in closing today, I want to remind you, Deuteronomy 7 said, The Lord did not set his love upon you because you were special, but he set his love upon you because of what? Let's hear it to say it. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Let's let that sink in. He loves me. You can look at his neighbor and say, well, he probably loves you too, but he loves me. His thoughts to us, his thoughts to us 
are of love. And our thoughts to one another should be of love. Husbands have thoughts of love for God. Wives don't be easily provoked. Love your husband. Mom and dad, love your children. Don't be easily provoked at your children. Love your children. Love your children. Even if they're grown and far away and you haven't seen them, go home and call them. Keep a relationship with them. If they hang up on you, call them back. Love them, love them, love them, love them. You say, well, they don't love me. They haven't talked to me in months. Love me. That's the love of God. In that while we were yet sinners, God loved us. While we were nasty, He loved us. While we were unforgiving, He loved us. Love your children. Love your grandchildren. Love the great-grandchildren. We've got a whole society. I know. I'm on close right now. But we have a whole society of children that don't feel loved because there is so much going on in our world and in society that the little ones, oh, I God loves them, God loves you, and you need to love them. I want to close with this passage of scripture and make Bibles in the pieces. I want everybody to find the scripture. I want you to read it together. It's in, the, it's in the latter part of the Bible called John. John 17. Go to the middle of the Bible. You've got Psalms. Go to the right. Read stories. And you'll come to John. John 17. I want to know if you're there. And we're going to read together 12 through 14. This is Jesus talking. And he's talking to his Father God because he loves God. And God loves him. Let us read. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and to these things in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Oh, let's just read on. It's so good. I have given them thy word. I pray not
father loved him, and yet his father required a sacrifice for him. And God is going to require a sacrifice of his children. I love this part. It says that if, if, if we will respond the way we should, then the world will know that Jesus came. This is the problem today. The world is fastly going down to it, and they don't know about Jesus. They know where the cross, they heard his name because they took it in vain. They don't know him. They don't know him to be born again. And Jesus said, I want the world to know that the Father loved him. I think that the most important thing that Jesus could have said other than redeeming because what he said to us, even though I was asked to sacrifice my life, my Father loves me. So you might go through some trials and tribulations. You might go through some disappointments. You might go through some heartaches. And you might walk through the valley of God not yet. But he loves you. And you will never, ever forsake me. Now I want to challenge the church to give an hour a week to thank God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God you're alive and well and on your feet. And the only thing I want you to ask you is to help you fall deeper to love. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Father, inspire us about your love today. And tell 